The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time here on Riviera Radio where we talk to Rob Kay. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? Good morning, Howard. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It's uh, it's nicely warming up here and uh, you can't go out without your sunglasses now. Yes, <laughs> sunglasses are so important. Anyway. Absolutely. This week, the UK Treasury announced that over the next four years, it's on course to generate a billion pounds of additional revenue from the pensions lifetime allowance. That's a serious amount of tax, especially because it's additional tax, of which I'm sure our listeners are keen to understand. But before we discuss the lifetime allowance, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, Howard, uh, initially I was actually quite surprised to read that uh, a key pledge from President Macron's uh, presidential election campaign is no longer uh, a major priority for, the, for this new government. Um, throughout his presidential campaign, Macron said that he planned to gradually raise the pension age in France from a 62 years. Um, I apologise to any of the UK listeners who are thinking I'm going to be retiring and my pension isn't going to be payable until I'm 67, to hear that uh, in France it's gone from 62 to 65 um, because, uh, as Macron said, that would be the only way to tackle the pensions deficit. Now, Elizabeth Bourne, the new Prime Minister, this week announced it's no longer seen as a beacon goal of this government, as she described it. And the Labour Minister, Oliver Dupont, said that the government will prioritise consultation and dialogue on the issue. Excuse my cynicism, but France goes back to the polls today for the parliamentary elections, and in the face of an intriguingly competitive challenge from a new left-wing coalition, the allies of President Emmanuel Macron are seeking to retain a majority, which could in part explain this, uh, this major reversal. Now, if the President's alliance, which is now called Ensemble, retains an overall majority, he'll be able to carry on governing as he did before. Falling short could prompt a coalition with other right-wing parties and an unwanted, unwanted cabinet shuffle weeks after the government was, was only recently revamped. Left-wing leader Luc Mélenchon, or Jean-Luc Mélenchon, uh, who is a former Marxist, has already made it clear that his ambition, his ambition is to become the Prime Minister and stymie Macron's plan to raise the French retirement age. Macron and his EU allies also breathed a sigh of relief after his recent unspectacular presidential victory, but the last few weeks have not been anything like a honeymoon. Energy and food prices are soaring um, in France as they are elsewhere in Europe. The treatment of Liverpool fans at the Champions League final in Paris the other Sunday has damaged France's image abroad, and Macron this week was accused by Ukraine of being too accommodating to Russia. Financially speaking, the biggest legacy from the combination of the pandemic, followed closely by the war in the Ukraine, is without doubt inflation and its knock-on effects. We're not only seeing inflation rates that were last seen in the 70s, we're also starting to see strikes on an unprecedented scale. This week we saw unions demanding pay rises of €300 Euros to help employees cope with just inflation. A quarter of flights departing from Paris Charles de Gaulle and Paris Orly were cancelled on Thursday because of strikes. And strike action is not limited just to France. In the UK, union leaders promised a summer of discontent, not since not seen since the 1926 general strike, ahead of a, a, a series of strikes coordinated to in, and intended to cause chaos on the railways, roads and airports. On Wednesday, a coordinated strike on the London Underground and at Transport for London was announced for June the 21st, which will bring the capital to a standstill. On the same day, the RMT members will bring the National Railway also to a grinding halt. 
So the union barons are now being accused of seizing on soaring inflation to threaten further strike action in other sections up and down the country. Every government department has been ordered to drop a contingency plan to deal with any ensuing crisis, which includes making sure supermarket shelves do not go empty and construction work on big projects is not halted by freight train stoppages preventing deliveries. So, if you're planning to be in London, as I was around the 21st of June, you might want to reconsider your plans. So, what about the lifetime allowance? Well... Very simply, the lifetime allowance is the maximum amount the UK government will allow you to accumulate in UK pensions before they impose an additional tax, which can be as much as 55%. The LTA sets a limit on the amount of tax-free savings you can build up across all your pension schemes, and that includes work-based plans and any individual arrangements. The lifetime allowance was first introduced back in 2006 when the threshold was set at an initial £1.4 million. That threshold then gradually increased to 1.8 million. But in 2016, it was dramatically reduced to 1 million. It was then allowed to increase in line with inflation, but last year, the UK's Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, froze a raft of tax allowances and thresholds, so the lifetime allowance threshold was capped at 1 million and £73,100 until the end of 2026. The rules don't stop you building more than the lifetime allowance in your pension, but if you do, you'll have to pay an income tax charge on the excess when you begin drawing from your pension funds. As I said previously, the tax charge can be as much as 55%. It's also important to understand the LTA cover covers not only what you contribute to your pension, it also applies to what your employer might contribute the tax relief you receive, and maybe more important, the investment returns those savings accumulate. These various elements and the fact that goalposts have frequently been moved does not make planning easy. Take someone who's aged 40. If their pension pot is worth, say, £400,000 and those savings then accumulate a 5% annual return, by the time they reach their 65th birthday, their pension fund would be worth in excess of £1.35 So without contributing a single penny more, they would have a significant lifetime allowance charge. What can we do to avoid this tax charge? Well, the advice for those listeners who are some way off accessing their pensions is quite simple. Start planning early. As I just described, compound interest is particularly, well, it's it's a particularly powerful weapon, to to use a a good expression, especially over long term. But for those with larger pensions, it will present a tax problem. I would also suggest you don't expect any help from the UK government. The threshold has had a regular haircut and recently it's only been allowed to increase in line with the Consumer Price Index and now it's been frozen until 2026, as I just said. Beyond that date, it's difficult to imagine there'll be much appetite for dramatic increases to help what are considered to be wealthier people reduce their tax bills. Reducing your pension fund by taking 25% via the pension commencement lump sum can certainly slow the impact of compounding, but that strategy should only be used in the right circumstances. Many of our listeners don't have the ability to make further contributions, which is ironically helpful, but if you do, you need to consider if that is actually helpful. And of course, our French resident listeners should always consider the merits of moving their pensions out of the UK which puts a line under the lifetime allowance at that stage because any future growth accumulated after the pension has been transferred 
is beyond the scope for the additional tax charge and potentially the imposition, or should I say the extension, to the overseas transfer charge. How are pensions taxed in France? This, this is an issue that's, that seems to constantly create confusion, especially if the pension is a receipt from the UK. Is it liable to UK tax because it comes from the UK, or French tax because you're a French tax resident? Well, the answer is quite simple. All UK pensions, whether it's a UK state pension, a company pension, a private pension, an annuity, or even a UK government service pension, they are all taxable in France if you're a French tax resident. Despite what many people think, or maybe hope, UK state pensions do need to be declared on French tax declarations. They are not taxed at source before you receive them, and they are most definitely not tax-free. When you start receiving a company pension, which are also referred to as final salary pensions, or more confusingly, defined benefits pensions, or payments from private pensions, which are referred to and defi as defined contribution schemes, they will usually have UK tax deducted at source by the company paying the pension. This is because unless you get what is known as an NT code from the UK tax authorities, the UK pension providers are required to withhold UK income tax at source before they pay you. Now, this isn't a big issue. If you haven't got an NT code, you can reclaim the withheld tax once the receipt has been declared on your French tax declaration. The refund is not automatic, but if you submit a request, the French tax authorities will confirm the income has been declared in France, and HMRC will then refund the tax that was withheld and instruct the pension provider to pay subsequent payments gross without deducting any tax. Can you still take a tax-free lump sum from UK pensions? Yeah, the, the, the UK taxman still allows you to take a percentage of your pension, whether it's a company pension or a private pension, as a lump sum. Usually the amount you take as a lump sum is 25% of your pension pot, but that percentage can change depending on the scheme rules. These days, this lump sum is called the pension commencement lump sum rather than tax-free cash. Although pension commencement lump sums are paid tax-free from the UK, unfortunately, they are not tax-free for French residents. They are liable to French income tax and potentially the pension social charge. This is because there is no concept in France of commuting some of your pension to cash. France simply considers the payment to be an advance on future pension receipts. Taking 25% of your pension fund as a cash payment can be a substantial amount, so you can easily find yourself in a much higher tax bracket in the year that it's taken, which means you could lose half it to the French taxman. So this so-called tax-free lump sum is then very definitely not tax-free. So many people get caught out with this because UK pension providers don't take any responsibility for understanding the French rules which affect their pensioners. A lot of company pensions, such as the NHS pension, which is one I was dealing with only earlier this week, do not allow you to forego the lump sum and take an increased pension. Technically, the pension scheme rules force you into paying higher taxes. Most people who become entitled to UK pensions after moving to France experience this problem because the options you are offered are completely UK-centric. Every menu of retirement options for UK pensions I've seen contains a reference to tax-free lump sums and none have referenced the fact that lump sum payments are not tax-free for French residents. Are we still able to transfer UK pensions to quarter-offs? 
Yeah, CUROPS is the acronym for Qualifying Recognised Overseas Pension Schemes. And, and CUROPS are very simply overseas versions of UK pensions, which have been created to receive monies from UK pensions when the receipt of those pension benefits has, has, has moved abroad. To receive a transfer from a UK pension, a CUROPS must be approved by HMRC. So in that, there is there's some degree of comfort just in that fact alone. The lifetime allowance is a popular reason why many people who move abroad choose to transfer their UK pensions to Kuros because any further appreciation in value won't expose the pension to the lifetime allowance tax charge. Your pension can safely accrue and appreciate in value, safe in the knowledge that it's not running the risk of a 25 or potentially 55% tax charge. There can be lots of other reasons why people transfer their pensions to Kuros. Many decide they've left the UK, so, so why are they leaving a major asset behind, completely at the mercy of the UK taxman? We shouldn't forget, prior to 2006, you could save whatever amount you wanted in your pension and there wasn't a tax penalty. There is also about t £3 trillion in UK private pensions, so it's a massive tax target for any future Chancellor or government. Another big reason for transferring is, is currency. UK pensions are primarily and in most cases paid in sterling, which is not helpful if most of your expenses need to be paid in euros. More recently, another big driver for people transferring is UK advisors and UK pension firms just can't offer European residents any advice or guidance. Pensions is certainly one area where you don't want to be going into back completely on your own and completely exposed. Is it still possible to transfer out of the final salary pensions? Um, it is, but, but now it's much more difficult because of UK regulations. Uh, and they stem from the fact that the Financial Conduct Authority uh, have put lots of efforts in place to protect savers. The FCA's starting point is, given the guaranteed benefits provided by a final pension scheme, transferring to another type of arrangement is usually a bad idea for the majority of people. Since the rules change and transfers from final salary pensions have been allowed, as you would expect, the number of transfers has dramatically increased, so the FCA now insists anyone looking to transfer a pension worth more than just £30,000 must take independent advice from a company regulated to provide pension transfer advice. However, obtaining that advice has become the main stumbling block because there are now very few firms who are willing to offer advice in the area because of the complexity and the costs that are involved. We know from personal experience the cost of providing this type of advice has quadrupled. Compulsory professional indemnity insurance, if you can get it, has risen sharply and the workload when advising on this type of transfer has significantly increased given the regulatory scrutiny it is now receiving. Fees, fees for this type of work have increased significantly, but the FCA recently said savers seeping this type of advice should expect to pay between £5,000 and £10,000 depending on the complexity of their scheme and in some cases as much as £20,000. At Blevins Franks, we believe that in the right circumstances, a transfer can be appropriate if you've moved away from the UK. So we're committed, as long as we're able, to continue to provide defined benefit transfer advice. How important is it for us to regularly review our overall financial planning? Um, as you, you know, as you said, Blevins Franks um, are committed to this. I mean, Blevins Franks Foundations were built on a on a commitment to help British nationals live tax efficiently in Europe. Unless you're fortunate to find a job here, that frequently means when you retire. 
helping UK nationals to financially settle in Europe over the past 47 years has given Blevins Franks a unique understanding of what is required when somebody enters this new and hopefully exciting phase of their lives. If you decide to leave the UK, especially when you retire, you're usually quite optimistic and positive about the freedom retirement offers. As we know, France certainly offers a beneficial lifestyle, the climate, the environment, the food, the wine, the culture, but long-term security is crucial if you're going to maximise the enjoyment of your retirement years. To achieve this ideal position, it's vitally you take a good look at your finances and the way you hold your assets. Your situation is now totally different to when you were working in the UK, working to achieve your dream, maybe of retirement in the south of France. You now need to make sure you're prepared to make some adjustments to make sure your plans fit with the environment you're now living in. So if you'd like to consider your pensions from a cross-border perspective or discuss your strategic financial planning arrangements, call our French office on 0493 001780. That's 0493-001780. And alternatively, if our Monaco office is more local for you, the number here is 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you prefer, you can find out more about Blevins Franks or arrange to meet one of our Blevins Franks partners by simply visiting our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. We'll talk again next Sunday morning. Look forward to it, Howard. Have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or Riviera at BlevinsFranks.com. Today's world presents many challenges for financial planning, including protecting your pensions. Should you leave your pension in the UK, now you're an expatriate. How much flexibility will you have? Will your capital and income keep pace with inflation? Specialist advice is more essential than ever, but since Brexit, UK-based pension firms lost the automatic right to provide regulated services to EU residents. Blevins Franks is authorised to provide regulated advice on UK pensions. Visit blevinsfranks.com today.